The cryptocurrency exchange FTX imploded recently, taking with it billions of dollars in deposits from potentially over a million users, none of whom are expected to be made whole. The whereabouts of the CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried, are currently unknown. The scope of the losses is massive and will undoubtedly rival the failure of the energy giant Enron in 2001. Some, however, saw an opportunity in the wreckage. Not wanting to waste a good crisis, and still smarting from their historic underperformance in the 2022 midterm elections, the MAGA narrative machine quickly went to work and baked up a story attempting to tie up FTX's political donations, Ukraine, and Joe Biden. This was definitely a reach, but these are the same people that cooked up Pizzagate in 2016. Will the public swallow it this time? I'm Griff Somke. And I'm Jay McKenzie. And this is the Did Nothing Wrong podcast. So, Jay, what is FTX? What did the company do? Do we have any idea why this large conglomerate all of a sudden collapsed? What seems like almost overnight? FTX was a cryptocurrency exchange, which some valuations put it at around 50 worth uh, 50 billion dollars. I don't know if that's accurate, and I don't know if anyone actually knows because we're not entirely sure what money they really had and and what they were making up because when you're dealing with a, a company that's this big, they've got investments in all these cryptocurrencies that you and I have probably never heard of and most people haven't the slightest idea where, where they come from or what their purpose is. But the idea behind a cryptocurrency exchange is that it operates kind of like a bank for cryptocurrencies where you can put in euros, dollars, pounds, real money right. and get cryptocurrency out of it. You can invest, you can diversify your portfolio. But it seems like FTX was possibly running a Ponzi scheme, something that has happened with with cryptocurrency exchanges quite a bit in the past. You had BTCE about 5 years ago which was worth billions of dollars or trading with billions of dollars and then suddenly it was gone and and the fraud was revealed. So people put their real money, their real investments, their life savings into this and thought, "Hey, I'm going to go I'm going to go trade crypto. I'm going to go accrue some interest on on my investments in Dogecoin or <laughs> <laughs> All these other various coins and, and cryptocurrencies that are very speculative, very volatile, they go up and down, but people put this money in and FTX was supposed to keep that money safe. They were using it to invest in their own hedge fund. They uh, FTX created their own digital coin called FTT. People were putting money into FTX. FTX was using that money to purchase their own cryptocurrency, their own coin, FTT, and then investing that in their hedge fund known as Alameda Research. But they weren't telling anyone that they were doing this. And it does seem like the guy in charge of Binance apparently just sort of called their bluff and said he was going to take all of his money out of FTX. Hmm. There have been rumors about fraud or shady practices and 
people were, were starting to worry about how real any of this was. And FTX kept promising, oh, no, we have the funds. We've got billions of dollars available. We can we can cover everyone's withdrawals. Don't panic. We're totally liquid. This is not a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, as, as you would expect them to do. Mm-hmm. But then Binance pulled out all, I think it was hundreds of millions, and then that sparked a panic. And then everyone was trying to withdraw. If you kind of picture, I guess, 1929. Right, right. The stock market crash. <laughs> the stock market crash. And you've got lines of people that are outside banks trying to get their, their money back. And the bank closes and says, sorry, we don't have any more cash. And and back then, that was before the FDIC could insure your money. And it's the reason the FDIC exists. The FDIC, unfortunately, does not cover any of these crypto exchanges, correct? These people are just out. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but they're, they might just be out of luck. We don't know. We don't know how much money FTX still has. We don't know where it went. They have, I saw one count about they have hundreds of subsidiaries and there was some claim that they had companies on their bankruptcy filing that they had not previously claimed they owned or, or, publicly revealed any ownership stake in when you start dealing with this stuff and you're you're dealing with all these companies and the branches and the u.s and and the bahamas and places that have different sort of regulations and and rules and you don't it's it's just really hard to track and of course it's now going to be investigated and and these guys are in the bahamas quote unquote under supervision i don't even think they've and I'm not even sure that they've been officially arrested. I know I know Sam Bankman-Fried, the the ex CEO and ex founder of FTX, is still tweeting. Yeah. So that doesn't doesn't sound like he's in prison. So where are the funds? Do the funds exist? Is it all monopoly money? Were they were they moving money between different coins and tokens that they didn't even have? They just made it look like they had. We don't know. We just there's a lot we don't know. But people are people are mad. People are people are pretty upset. If you invested your life savings into something like this, if you took the celebrity endorsements of which they had quite a few seriously, if you took the word of people like Tom Brady about what a great idea this was, you are probably feeling pretty burnt right about now. And these people, from the sounds of it, are essentially hosed. They're not going to get their money back. They're not going to get anything resembling their money back. They'd really like to be able to get some form of satisfaction or some sort of form of restitution out of this. But if previous previous experience has taught us anything, the likelihood of that is very slim, that they will be able to actually be made whole. Yeah, they might get something back maybe eventually, but it's going to be pennies on the dollar. And it's it's terrible, but it's also why you don't invest in crypto. It's also why these celebrities need to stop endorsing this stuff and taking their money, right? Because they're they can they can survive this. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Tom Brady put in addition to doing the commercials, he put a bunch of money into FTX. But you know what? He's still playing, and he's still got money. His wife, well, I guess ex-wife now. Uh, can uh, <laughs> she can uh, go do another movie? Tom can play. Somebody somebody tweeted that Tom's gonna have to play until he's fifty now, 
but you know, he he could. I she guess she can still afford her jujitsu lessons. I mean, that's good. <laughs> so yeah, celebrities, I think will will be fine. But I understand why FTX buys these endorsements and gets these people in their commercials because it looks real and trustworthy, mm-hmm. and it isn't. There's you're just essentially taking their word for it. Right. They say, oh yeah, we'll definitely cover everything. And then they don't. And it's how many times has this happened? I, I mentioned BTCE, but there's so many instances of this for the last decade. And one of the first things they said was we got hacked. That was one of the first lines uh. was they got hacked. And that's always the first thing these people say. I mean, it's so common in the crypto world for this to happen that there's actually a term for it. It's called a rug pull. And mm-hmm. they essentially did a massive rug pull here. There's a lot of money. It's all gone. Nobody's quite sure where it all went. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> this is going to yeah. take years to sort out in court. This isn't going to be quick. This isn't going to be something that we get any kind of a quick resolution to. We'll be you know, dealing with this for the next like five to 10 years, probably winding it all back. This is Enron-esque in terms of the scale. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, Sam Bankman-Fried. He is the founder and CEO of this company, and he is currently, as we speculate, in the Bahamas, trying not to get extradited to the United States, probably. He had a co-CEO by the name of Ryan Salame, and... Both of these guys were very involved politically. Bankman-Fried gave over $40 million, mostly to Democrats, in the midterms. And Salame gave almost $24 million to Republicans in the midterms. So these guys dropped a whole lot of money on the election we just had, both of them. What were they after here? Influence, power, the usual things people want when they give large sums of money to politicians. I think we can't entirely know what the long-term goal was. I know Bankman Fried said he planned to eventually donate over a billion dollars to Democrats. <laughs> I remember that. That was the thing he said. No, no, I remember this. He was definitely being touted as the new game changer in terms of political donations. The new George Soros or whatever it was they were saying. Yeah, and there are all these puff pieces in, in various journals and newspapers written about him. He kept hyping up this effective altruism where... He's making money to help save the world or prevent the, the next pandemic or all these things that sound really good. And if you have journalists who uh, will let you take them out to dinner and fancy clubs and restaurants are going to write nice words about you. It's a thing and it happens and we shouldn't pretend otherwise. But yeah, I think there were more specific goals in the short term. The Biden White House has been talking a good bit about regulating crypto and you have FTX over there saying, well, if you over-regulate crypto, then how can we spread our effective altruism? (laughs) How can we go make this great difference in the world that we're telling everyone about all the time? Do you not want that to happen? So I think Bankman Fried and his co-CEO Salame split up the donations between the Democrats and the Republicans because there's different things that they can get from each party. And Salame was was pushing for, hey, don't don't regulate crypto. And he was pushing some of Kevin McCarthy's opponents or people who had spoken out against him. He was funding efforts to either primary them or he was he was involved with 
trying to get rid of Madison Cawthorn. Madison Cawthorn wasn't. Yeah, he, he had he had seven hundred thousand in the race against Madison Cawthorn from what the Washington Post published on this. He did it through you know a front company, but they definitely did it. Their government affairs guy got invited to McCarthy's donor retreat. So these guys were tied in at the highest levels to the Republican House. They were tied in the establishment to the establishment definitely, and. I'm sure to some extent that conversation was, what do you want to do with the money, Kevin? You know, what would help you, Kevin? Where would, where should we spend this money? Yeah. Well, if you're at, if you're at Kevin's retreat, then yeah. Hey, hey, Kevin, I've got, I've got all this money and I don't know what to do with it. Any ideas? So there's. I'm sure Kevin had some ideas. <laughs> yeah. I think he's got a few. So there's, there's Madison Cawthorn who's saying all the wrong things. There was that theory. He was saying all these things about Republicans and cocaine and orgies and all this stuff that God only knows if any amount of what he was saying was true, but him just saying it was enough. Yeah, it's not something you want one of the people in your caucus going off on. You just don't. I know whenever I've seen him on interviews, he always talks about the Uniparty, and he's he's going to destroy the Uniparty, which oh, that. is this idea that, that Republicans and Democrats really aren't that different, and the Bannon world is really pushing this third way, and they're the only ones who are actually opposed to the status quo. And I understand where that comes from and what they're trying to say there, but that was not a message that Kevin McCarthy wanted to keep around. Definitely. So, yeah, here's this crypto bro who's uh, here to help you out. We can't entirely know what all they were working towards or helping with, but there was a divide and conquer. There was a let's get all the influence and all the sway we can on Capitol Hill and maybe we use it now or maybe we use it for later. And one of the other things these guys did, because it is quite the the popular cause these days and for good reason was they gave a bunch of money to the Ukrainian government. They definitely helped to support Ukraine in their effort against Russia's war of choice. And this has caused a bit of a scandal out of almost nothing recently. Can we talk a little bit about how the various right-wing and pro-Kremlin voices online latched onto this idea that this was something to be scandalized about, that these guys were somehow funneling money back into Ukraine, which was then funneling it into the Democratic Party. I'm sorry, it's really hard to follow what, they, what they're trying to get across here. It doesn't make a whole ton of sense, but I think if they hit their talking points enough times, their audience will figure it out. Just Ukraine, Democrat, money laundering, Hunter Biden, laptop, say that enough times, and eventually you're going to get close enough to where the messaging's been. So why is this effective for them? I'm going to pick on you a little bit here, and you'll have to forgive me, but even even the way that you bring it up, that, they, that FTX donated a lot of money to Ukraine, is something that the right is saying, but there's not really even that much evidence for. So... Bankman Fried, in an interview in July, said they'd given something around a million dollars to Ukraine, which, okay, great, a million dollars. But the U.S. aid packages have been, the one in May was $40 billion. You've got companies like Microsoft that have given, I think, at least $100 million. And at least according to Elon, SpaceX has given over $100 million with, with Starlink and services they've provided to Ukraine. So it's in vogue now. It's, right. it's just a thing that people do. And it's... So what you're saying is they spent almost as much to get rid of Madison Cawthorn as they gave to the Ukrainians. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah, it's exactly. not really a whole lot, really, when you look at it that way. But it existed. I think the a lot of money term or idea comes because 
FTX helped the Ukrainian government set up a platform where people could use FTX to donate cryptocurrencies to the Ukrainian government through this platform that they set up. And we don't know how much money that is. We don't know how many people used it. We don't know enough details about where it went. Maybe, honestly, it wasn't very much. It could have been, but the platform that they used, I'm not positive it was finished and set up. I think it probably was, but don't even know that for sure. Don't know how much. So the right can say it potentially billions of dollars. And well, you add that potentially, or you or you ask the question of were Hunter and Joe Biden using this platform to launder billions of dollars through Ukraine? I don't know, <laughs> says Ben Shapiro and 18 other people. Just asking questions. Just asking questions, right. So there is that uncertainty about it. We do know that FTX was partnered with the Ukrainian government to do this platform. They donated some amount of money. At one point, they donated $25 to every Ukrainian who was using FTX at the very beginning of the war, which, okay, fine, send them a little money. But how many people was that really? How many Ukrainians are using FTX? It's maybe in the thousands. It's the kind of story that sounds really good in a feel-good press release, but effectiveness of this altruism here is, is somewhat questionable, I think, at this point. Right, right. So that's that's one note in the story, is FTX and Ukraine had this partnership. Right. The next note is that we know FTX was giving money to Democrats in the midterms. Okay, Bankman-Fried gave around $40 million to Democrats. That that node then ignores the fact that his FTX's co-CEO, Ryan Salame, gave almost $24 million to Republicans, but never mind that. That's, right. not, that's not part of the story. That's not, that's, that's... Uh, I seem to remember reading somewhere that the only people who gave more money to the Republicans in the midterms was Peter Thiel. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. And that's a lot yeah, of money. That's Peter Thiel money. That's 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 a good chunk of money right there. Yeah. And then the the third node is they say this is money laundering. So it's FDX in Ukraine, FDX and Democrats. And then the third node is the most sort of speculative. It's oh, this was all money laundering. And they don't know that. It it there's every chance that this involved money laundering or hiding money uh, offshore or who knows? Who knows the scale of this fraud? I guess it's entirely possible that that FTX and Bankman Fried was maybe he was just in over his head and kept trying to fix it, kept trying to find ways to juggle the money and move it from this coin to that coin. And eventually somebody called his bluff and the money just wasn't there. I don't know that that's the most likely. That is probably the most tame explanation. There's every chance that there's a bunch more to this story. There's several more tentacles. But the right doesn't know that. The pro-Kremlin voices don't know that and they don't care. No. They've just taken these three nodes that they can't connect. They can't tell you what connects them, what's related, how how the money moved, who was involved, any sort of thing. They just have these three nodes, two of which mostly exist, and one is just speculation that they can't connect, but they've built a narrative, they've written a story about it as if it's all part of one big slush fund and an operation that's been going and that it sent millions of dollars to the Democrats in the midterms. But it's just nothing. If you if you look at the tweets and the articles and everything they're putting out there, they can't prove any of it. And they're not even trying to. They just keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. Yeah. And this is their strategy, once again, is just repeat, 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 hit the talking points mixed with last week's talking points. And their audience has been primed 
to hear those words at this point and say, oh, there must be something to it. Burisma, Ukraine. Ukraine is bad. Hunter. Hunter yeah. <laughs> One of the Gateway Pundit articles ends with the line, are Joe and Hunter Biden implicated or will it be proven that they're they're in <laughs> on this? And, and you saw like Kim.com, who's this, I'm not going to get into it, but he's been pushing pro-Kremlin messaging for like at least a decade now. He had a tweet that got like 75,000 likes on this and it was just 10% for the big guy, mm-hmm. which is again, that reference to Hunter Biden's laptop and the big guy is Joe Biden and he gets 10%. So they're hitting all these notes and people see that and they're like, aha, I know what this is about. I know what they're telling me. And it's also that thing where like part of the reason they go on and on about censorship is so they can do this. They can be vague and I'll have all these innuendos. And if somebody calls them on it, it's like, well, we're just, we're just holding back because we don't want to get banned because the, the liberals just want to just want to censor free, free speech. And they don't want to have investigations. And even Elon Musk in, in a reply to Tom Fitton said, well, Sam Bankman fried was a dim donor. So there'll be no investigations. That's not at all true. There are several investigations ongoing, mm-hmm. But it's the narrative. It's how you get people on board and angry and all these people who think, man, FTX stole my money. And then, well, you've got Elon and Posobiec and Bannon and all these people going, oh, it's Joe Biden. It's the Democrats. It's them. And so it's direct the rage in that direction. (laughs) And it works. It does. It does very well. And they've got a lot that they would kind of like to distract their audience from, um, we had some midterm elections that didn't go quite as well as they would like them to have gone. There was supposed to be a red wave. There was supposed to be a lot of Republican victories in the House and the Senate, and it didn't quite work out the way that they had expected it to. So now they're kind of scuffling for someone to blame for that. They're looking for a reason why this might have happened, and this seems like, like you said in the piece, this might be part of the narrative that they've seized upon for why this didn't happen. So at this point, they are looking for that scapegoat. They are looking for that, how do we keep our people on board? How do we get people not to look at the very real messaging issues that we've got going? Our stuff is crazy. No one's voting for this. We lost independence. This is not good. It can't be that. No, it it can't be that denying the 2020 election results and still talking about them is polarizing. It can't be that they had candidates out there in the beginning, especially in the primaries, saying national abortion Mm -hmm. ban. They backed away from that once they realized how deeply unpopular it is. But guys like Blake Masters in the beginning, the Arizona Senate candidate, were pushing for national abortion ban. So... Yeah, it can't be that all these people you listen to in in right-wing media are, maybe they're telling you something you want to hear and something that's popular with the base, but it doesn't appear to be all that popular with voters. And yeah, the the red wave didn't happen. And it's, it's a big deal because honestly, midterms usually go a certain way and it's usually pretty bad for the party in power. Yeah, it's bad for the party in power. It's bad for the president in power. And look at 2010 with Obama when the Tea Party and and that whole angry movement took flight and and it definitely caused some shockwaves and really flipped the House back to Republicans and kind of led us on this 
narrative arc that we're on. Outside of the post 9-11 midterm election where everybody was still rallying around the flag and rallying around the president, you haven't seen a result this bad for the opposition party since the Roosevelt administration. Yeah. The second Roosevelt administration, to be clear. That's uh, that's crazy. <laughs> but FDR. Yeah, FDR, not Teddy. <laughs> yeah, it just goes a certain way. People want change. People, it's easier to be in opposition. It's easier to sell, hey, the other guy's doing it wrong and now I'm going to do it better. But Republicans didn't really sell that. They sold Paul Pelosi in his underwear with a hammer on Don Jr.'s Instagram. That was essentially, like you've like you've said before, that was the final push to vote. Yeah. It's, maybe people just stayed home. I read a report that said that they had spent about $40 million advertising against trans kids. And they might as well have taken that money outside and lit it on fire for all the good it seems to have done them. Yeah. Yeah. The Republicans, you know, one can say that they are somewhat out of touch with what the mainstream of America seems to want. They don't want this kind of culture war divisiveness going. They want to know how things are going to get better here. Yeah, they're not out of touch with 4chan, but yeah. uh, <laughs> sorry to tell you that the Donald thinks it's great. Yeah, exactly. The the average voter uh, apparently is not on 4chan. The average independent does not want to re-litigate the 2020 election. They've moved on. There's been the pandemic and and there's inflation and there's all these problems and Kevin McCarthy kind of vaguely put out his commitment to America policy that he is supposedly going to enact if and when he becomes speaker. But again, it's another one of those, there's no real meat on those bones. He said some things that are vaguely popular, but honestly, one of them was about no trans kids playing sports and and that whole kind of culture war thing. But honestly, Kevin, that's he had maybe six or seven things as his platform, as his commitment to America. And that's one of them. And it doesn't even lay out like what they're going to do or what the law is going to be or the policy. It's, it's real popular with some areas of the base, but again, just a dog whistle at this point, they want to let people know that we hear that you've been listening to the various shows where they talk about this all the time. You've been listening to, you know, Charlie Kirk and human events and that this is some kind of huge issue. But if you look at the initiatives that got passed around the country, if you look at the initiative in South Dakota where they've rolled back Medicare costs, if you look at the initiative in Colorado where they passed school lunches again, that was a very popular program that the Biden administration put forth to subsidize school lunches for kids. And of course, the money ran out on that about a year in and the Republicans didn't want to re-up that. Hopefully they'll come to their senses in a second, you know, after the midterms on this. You look at Arizona even passing a law limiting how much medical collection agencies can go after you, what percentage of fees they can charge for this. These are social safety net type of policies that are generally the kind of thing that you find Democrats pushing for not Republicans. I mean, they had Paul Pelosi and trans kids and the Democrats had, hey, we'll start stitching the safety net back together that has been frayed over the years. And it's clear what voters responded to here. Absolutely. But I think, like you said, they, the right, the MAGA people cannot admit that they did anything nope. wrong. 
because that is just the brand. But it's also, they don't have time for that. Trump is going to declare, it's it's Tuesday, November 15th, and Trump is going to declare his candidacy for president tonight. So there's no, if, if they really have introspection, if they really look at, man, what worked, what didn't work, it, it doesn't matter for them because the movement goes on, the message goes on, because Trump is who mm-hmm. he is. The whole movement, the whole talking points are centered around what he says and does and and what people respond to and all this. And it has worked ish or well enough for them. But it's it's too it's too late to change. And he's too old to change nope. and he doesn't want to anyway. Like this is what it's gonna be. So they can't the right the MAGA can't say, Oh, well, we shouldn't do this, we focus too much on that. They just have to retreat and rally the troops and reorganize and go again because that's it that's the strategy that's the whole game and yeah this this ftx story that they've ginned up kind of out of nothing but innuendo and just asking questions and all that it's it's easier than saying hey we were wrong or hey we shouldn't have pushed this thing from 4chan into your living rooms. But they're not going to. It looks like they're going to have about maybe a one or two vote majority in the House of Representatives. And if they can elect a speaker, they have promised that they're going to investigate Biden. They're going to investigate Pelosi. They're going to investigate Fauci. They're going to investigate everything they can possibly investigate, showing that they have learned none of the lessons from the midterms. And it looks like this is the opening salvo in their building the narrative to do that. So it definitely seems like deals are being cut right now between the various power brokers in the Republican party. MTG went on Bannon's show and endorsed Kevin. So what do you think she got for that? Man, that's a great question. I don't, I don't think we're going to find out yet. I think she, uh, some people have called it a blank check. I think she's going to get whatever she wants, but she's going to have power and sway. And yeah, her her jumping on the Kevin McCarthy bandwagon is a big deal for Kevin McCarthy and a big deal for MTG. Yeah, she's she's certainly said that she doesn't want any more aid going to Ukraine. So that's an option. There's there's various committees that they could put her on. Maybe they'll make her house whip. Oh. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're. <laughs> We're going to find out soon, but the the Jewish uh, space lasers lady is not going away, and she's just as MAGA and pro-Trump as she's always been. So it's going to be crazy, and it's, yeah, the deals are are flying, but it's, like you said, they, Kevin McCarthy put out this commitment to America plan, and it's, it's nothing. It's just, it's some ideas, it's dog whistles, it's, we're going to lower inflation. Okay. How? (laughs) Well, we're just going to lower inflation. (laughs) Okay. We're going to tell inflation to go lower. (laughs) Thanks, Kevin. (laughs) But even that, even that got criticized by these people. Even, even that MAGA was like, Kevin, come on. It's policies. What are you doing? You want to, you want to pass bills? We need to investigate Fauci. Mm -hmm. We need to, we need to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. And that's what she was hinting at on the show. That's what she was hinting at on Bannon's show about we are going to do nothing but investigations for the next two years, which 
I think turns into a very nice Democratic campaign commercial. Hey, we're trying to get things done, and these people want to investigate every half-baked 4chan conspiracy theory that comes down the pike. This is what you're voting for. <laughs> it is. It is. And there's plenty of reason to think that a lot of voters are going to be turned off and aren't going to be on board for more of this, but they don't really have a choice. They they don't have a lot of wiggle room here, especially with this is Trump's last chance and he is, is desperate to win and he will burn it all down if he has to, but they are going full steam ahead. The investigations are going to happen. The facts are going to be largely irrelevant a lot of the time. I'm sure there are scandals to be uncovered and okay, yeah, Democrats took $40 million from FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried. There's got to be some stories in there. They're going to they're gonna find nuggets and details, and they're going to have subpoena power. And People like Gateway Pundit will write about it breathlessly. Yeah, and they'll have these big flashy headlines with very little meat on the bones, but their base can live with that. And, and how it's going to play out, we should probably... I think, if anything, the last several years have, have taught us that, to try and stay out of the predictions game because you just you don't really know but we we have a general framework and idea of of where they're going and and the way these people operate and it's going to be more of the same and and this story this ftx story the way they framed it and pushed it it's a it's a preview wasn't what the voters wanted this time around maybe in two years of having it shoved down their throat by various investigations maybe they'll want it then but who knows here we are we will see and stay tuned and be following along <laughs> and uh we're being right there with you trying to make sense of it as it goes but yeah it's gonna it's gonna be wild absolutely thanks for listening to the did nothing wrong podcast if you want to hear more you can go to did nothing wrong pod.com you can also follow us on twitter at james the word four and the letter m all one word and Grizza BJJ, G-R-Z-A BJJ, as well as DNW Pod. Thanks again for tuning in, and remember, everyone mentioned did nothing wrong. <laughs>